Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone's having a wonderful Wednesday. We're almost there, guys. The weekend is coming. It, you can smell it. You're, you're going to enjoy it, I promise you. Uh, uh, but thanks for being here halfway through the week to check out another awesome show uh, with another awesome guest. As per the usual, we have uh, TopLobster.com as a sponsor. My brother from another mother, my my uh, my homie, the the coolest guy you know, uh, the the man who makes this show possible. It wouldn't look this cool without him. I promise. Go check out TopLobster.com for all your wonderful graphic design needs, like this fuck around and find out hoodie. Here, here, somebody, somebody complained about it last night. Fuck around, find out hoodie that I'm wearing tonight, uh, where you can get that stuff 10% off by using BTC at checkout for a for for the discount, or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of this YouTube channel right here under any of my videos by hitting join, where you get into a secret, private, top secret uh, uh, Discord server where he drops all of his new designs up to two weeks early, and uh, you get them up to 30% discount. Really cool stuff, definitely worth it. If you're one of the lower tiered members, uh, really pays for itself. If you're top lobster gear and of course executive producer of the show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs check them out today see what they can do for your business home or personal life they're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at guys if you're here and you've never been here before smash that subscribe button uh help me get that algorithm going hit the thumbs up hit the bell to get alerts for five shows a week i promise you you won't be too disappointed with my guest me maybe but not my guest never my guest uh and we have another awesome guest for you tonight he is a comedian, voice actor, one of the best impersonators I've ever heard, uh, maybe ever. He does a really great job. He's been all over the, the, the country doing impersonations of our uh, prior President Trump. He's a podcaster, host of Jackman Radio and New Hampshire Politico. He is Eric Jackman. How you doing, sir? Josh, what an honor to be here. And uh, you know you've made it when you've arrived at Break the Cycle. Oh, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. We started five, we was six months ago we started. So, you know, it's uh, no, it's different. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as the Donald would say, you've done such an amazing job here, Josh. You've built something. Look, I have built things. I built a lot of things. I built Ivanka's legs and her titties. I know what it takes to build something truly beautiful and truly great. And you've done it, Josh. You've done an amazing job. And you should be so proud of yourself. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. That's, that means a lot coming from you, Mr. President. Absolutely. What do you Absolutely. And I never drank. I never took a drink, okay? <laughs> what do you got, an IPA there, man? Yeah, I don't usually do IPAs, but I went to a Red Sox game recently, and a bunch of people saw me on TV drinking these. So now it's I want to give off the appearance that I have some kind of endorsement deal with them, and maybe we'll see that, and it could be some kind of grift I can get going where I'll pretend I love their beer, and they can send me a check every month or something. There you something go. very very Trump-like, very Trump-like. Yeah, you got to listen, dude. I get called a grifter quite frequently, and I'm telling you, man. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy to be a grifter. I'm not really a grifter. I believe in all the things that I say, no, which I, is I, the opposite of grifting, but, uh, you know. Oh, I love that. Dude, It's all, we all have to have a grift in this world, okay? We live in the capitalist system, and we like it. We know it's not perfect. It's almost perfect. It's damn near perfect. 
But look, we all got to get our grift going. And boy, I'll tell you, no one had a better grift than those motherfuckers who made all those money, all the money off the Afghanistan war that finally has been shut down that I want to drink to tonight. And I'm sure we'll talk about it. But uh, I totally get what you say, Josh, when you're like, I got my grift going. And, you know, my, my uncle said that to me. He goes, man, I, I, the grift, man. He's like, can I get it on the grift? The Trump thing you got going, man. You put a you put a fucking cheap wig on and paint your face orange and go in front of a crowd and just get wound up and say crazy shit and people pay you thousands of dollars. Can I get it on that grift? You're like, hey, listen, you got, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do your own impersonations. This is mine. This is mine. This is, you're going to have to find your own way. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to, so, so you worked on, let's see, you worked on Ron Paul's campaign, Rand Paul's campaign, Mike Ravel's campaign, Tulsi Gabbard's campaign, uh, Gary Johnson, I think one and two, correct? Gary Gary Johnson, I worked on the 2012 one, and then in 2016, um, he was really not running like a campaign where they wanted staffers or anything like that. So I voted for him in 16. He had my, my vote in the general election. But yeah, I was one of his five New Hampshire staffers during the 2012 primary. Sure, sure. Yeah, 2016, Gary was, I hate to say it, man, but Gary was running just to pay Rod Nielsen. That was pretty much it, in my opinion. Rod, Rod Nielsen, I mean, I've not publicly spoken about him, but that guy can go fuck himself, yeah, uh, you're, quite frankly. You're not the only you person talk about, Josh, you want to talk about a grifter? Yeah, that's the one. That's that, the one, dude. That guy's a fucking grifter out there in Utah. Whatever the fuck he's doing out there. Yeah, if you but, guys uh, if you guys haven't heard of Ron Nielsen, he was uh, he was Gary Johnson's campaign manager in 2012 and 2016. And uh, if you really want to know what happened in those campaigns, go listen to uh, an episode of Tom Woods with Judd Weiss on it. The Weiss Report is what you're going to want to listen to. Right. That I think that's the uh, the actual name of it. The the, the it, Gary Johnson basically ran in 2016 to pay a million dollars to 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 Ron Nielsen. I mean that's really what it was he owed him all this money for helping him start businesses it's shady ass shit just fucking terrible shady shit um, oh, right and, and ron was part of his gubernatorial stuff i mean it go it goes all the way back with this guy sure sure from what, from what i understand i'm pretty sure he, he was in on his gubernatorial stuff yeah if he helped him start businesses and stuff oh yeah but um my, my dealing with him i mean you you know it, basically checks were not bouncing checks if you're getting if you're a staffer and you're trying to get paid by the Johnson campaign in 2012 with Ron Nielsen's signature on it. You bring it to a bank and they look at you like, who's this fucking fraudster? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Shady oh, shit. I'm glad to hear you know about that too, Josh. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, that was before, you know, 20, 2012 and 2016 were before I was on the LNC. But um, when 2020 rolled around, I, I, I made a, a vow. Like we are not going to have Ron Nielsen around this, this, this campaign um, as shitty as, you know, the Joe campaign was, I mean, it wasn't a great campaign by any means, <clears throat> but I, uh, you know, I, I, that I was one of those things I was willing to fight for. I know that Karen Ann Harless was re- ready to fight for it as well and keep him as far away from that campaign as possible um but it was let's talk about you man so you've worked for all these different candidates across three different parties uh which is kind of unheard of you know most liberal most libertarians are like i'm only working on the libertarian party i was a fan of mike ravel's uh war anti-war stance obviously a fan of tulsi gabbard's anti-war stance Uh, huge fan of the pauls huge uh, you know i liked gary for what he was uh you know i'm not i wasn't a huge gary fan um i did vote for him but uh they all have one common theme, and that's the anti-war stuff. But I want to hear your trajectory. I want to hear your, you know, we usually start the show off. What What is your story? How did you come to Liberty? How did you become an anti-war activist? All that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, originally was born in Massachusetts um, and moved up to New Hampshire in fourth grade in 1997. And the 2020 or 2000 New Hampshire primary was already, you know, running then and candidates were coming. 
And it was kind of crazy to me to see that like all these famous politicians were coming to the small state, uh, state to beg people for their vote and flip pancakes and kiss babies and do all this bullshit. So I was instantly intrigued by that. And I was kind of kind of too young in that cycle to really grasp it or understand it. But I had a pretty good, you know, view of it and I saw it. So fa fast forward to 2004. Um, I'm in high school. I know that I hate George W. Bush's policies. I had, you know, 9-11 happened when I was a freshman in high school 20 years ago. And I saw all these kids around me getting so amped up to just sign up for the military, go fight the uh, terrorists who did this to us. And... Um, that happened. That's kind of the environment that I, that I was around. And then leading up to 2002, 2003, the, the neocons and Bush and company are starting to shout about the Iraq war, about Iraq and saying, we need to go into Iraq. He's got weapons. They're doing everything they can to tie 9-11 to Saddam Hussein and his regime. And, and it just none of it made sense to me as a 15, 16 year old kid. I said, wait a minute, all, majority of those hijackers were from Saudi Arabia. And, and we're part of al-Qaeda. That has nothing to do with Iraq and Saddam Hussein. And people would call my brother. My brother and I were big-time anti-war. We were loud about it. We were some of the singular voices in our school and our community who were, were vocal and public about it. And we were ridiculed. We were called crazy. We were called anti-American, terrorist sympathizers, all anything you can think of, you know, to, to slag someone down who's against um, the impending Iraq war. So obviously the war happened and um, a lot of the shit we were saying that was going to happen happened. And I would just try to tell my friends, like, you don't want to sign up for this, man. This is, this is going to fight a war for, for not to protect America, not to go after the people who did 9-11, but to serve corporate interests, but to serve the energy companies, but to serve Dick Cheney and the neocons agenda and all this bullshit. And, and there's, there's, there's no win in Iraq. There's nothing to win here. So I genuinely believed at that time that there was a difference between John Kerry and George W. Bush. And being from Massachusetts, I remember John Kerry. He was a senator there, you know, as long as I was there and I can remember. And I thought there was like, wow, we should rally around John Kerry. He's against the Iraq war. Um, he's he's opposing George W. Bush. And he'll if we get him in there in 04, uh, he and John Edwards will end the wars and, and you know, bring peace. And, you know, I'm a 16, 17, 18 year old kid. You know, what do I know? Sure. So I would call myself at that time. I was registered Democrat. The first time I could vote, I voted for John Kerry. I was a Democrat. And uh, of course, we know what happened with 04. Kerry lost and Bush was in there for another term. And I was bummed out, sad. And then usually when people get to college, they kind of take a turn for the left, become even more liberal, more progressive. And I went to a great school here in New Hampshire called Franklin Pierce University, which is right in my hometown in Ringe, New Hampshire, because I wanted to stay around and major in political science and be here for the New Hampshire primary, because I knew that was something special if you were into politics, if you paid attention to shit. Lots of cool people come through the state for presidential politics and as surrogates and stuff. So I went to Franklin Pierce as a political science major. And I was still like hung up on the Democrats and I still was like, John Kerry should run again. And I like him. I like John Edwards. Uh, you know, these guys are great. And then I started seeing signs popping up all around New Hampshire that just said, who is Ron Paul? And I was like, Ron Paul, who, who is Ron Paul? I've never, I've never heard that name before. So, you know, naturally curious, I asked around and I started Googling Ron Paul and then 
that led me just down a rabbit hole. I didn't know anything about the Federal Reserve. I didn't. I, I didn't think much about the war on drugs. Um, and I'm just starting to read all this stuff about Ron Paul, libertarian. I never heard the term libertarian before, certainly before Ron Paul. And I started hearing all these things and and realizing like, wow, okay, this guy is a Republican congressman from Texas and he's against war <laughs> and he's consistently voted against war and he's opposed the Bush administration's Patriot Act. He opposed the war in Iraq. Um, you know, he's for civil liberties. Wow. Like I need to learn more about this guy. And I caught wind in early 2007 that he was going to be coming to a house party in New Hampshire. And that's like a big thing here for the primary people and big boosters of candidates will just have the candidates come right to their house and invite a bunch of people, invite local press, put out some food, some drinks, have the candidate come speak and then meet one on one with people, take pictures, do a question and answer. And, um, Ron Paul came and I think it was his first like pretty big New Hampshire event for his 2008 run. And my brother and I and my friend Justin went to the event and this was like my first introduction to libertarians in real life. We had guys with like both guns right here, holstered carrying babies. We had women with like purple hair, pink hair. And then you had old grandmas who were concerned about fiscal issues. And it was like, <laughs> this is just, we, this, this crazy, this different crowd of people all gathering under this message of Liberty and, and curious to hear what this rickety old Congressman from Texas was saying. So that was really like my first experience in gateway into Liberty and, and the notion of being a libertarian and the fact that there are other people who might disagree on certain things, but like big picture, like structural things, we all have a lot in common and we agree on the big stuff. And, um, so yeah, I was like hooked from there. And then Mike Gravel and Dennis Kucinich started coming through New Hampshire for that primary on the democratic side. And I was equally attracted to their anti-imperialism to their record of opposing war and surveillance and the Patriot Act and speaking out on those those big picture issues that were important to me, um, but that I really became aware of because of Ron Paul. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, say what you will about Mike Gravel, the, the guy was vehemently anti-war and his his mm -hmm. speech in the uh, in the in the debates with Obama and Hillary on stage and who Biden was up there and and they're laughing at this guy. You know, he's yeah. he's basically calling him psychopath. He's like, listen, I he's what did he say? He says he says, uh, you know, when you first get to Congress, you're thinking, how the hell did I get here? But after you've been there a few years, you're like, how the hell did everybody else get here? <laughs> and and you know, he's talking about the wars and how they, you know, the Iraq War and stuff, and and uh, they're laughing at him. You know, he's talking right. about you know these wars that are killing all these people, and they're laughing yeah. at him in a debate. And and so you know that that gave me a lot of a lot of respect for uh, for uh, Gravel, and you know. For what he was, oh, a hundred percent, man. So, I, end, I actually ended up, you know, my vote in the two thousand eight primary did go to Mike Gravel. At the end of it, I ended up voting for him, and it's because I formed a good relationship with him. He came to Franklin Pierce, my college, and he spoke. And I had seen him in those first debates, just rip Obama and Hillary and Dodd and Biden a new asshole in those debates, just saying, you know. Uh, talking about Iran, he's like, he's like, my God, Iran, you're talking, you're saying nothing's off the table with Iran. You know what you're talking about? That's nukes. And he's like, you're talking about nuclear weapons. And that's been immoral for the last 50 years. And it's still immoral today. And he's like, Barack Obama, who the hell are we going to nuke Barack? 
<laughs> who the hell are we going to nuke? And I'm like, who is this crazy old guy in the corner screaming at the shiny new bright object, Barack Obama, that the legacy uh, Mockingbird CIA media is propping up as a savior and, and the guy who should be the next president with crooked Hillary up there cackling like Satan and, and Biden Biden doing his thing. And, 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 and Gravel just didn't give a fuck, man. This guy was so based. He had been in the Senate for two terms from 1969 to 81. And I was just transfixed on him. I'm like, this guy has guts, man. He's he's just telling it like it is. He's calling us out for the empire that we are. He's he's eviscerating the fucking corporate media that that backs all the lies that 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 props up the lies and keeps people brainwashed and transfixed. And then at the same time, in the Republican debates, Ron Paul was doing the same thing, yeah. and, and Dennis Kucinich was doing it too in the in the Democratic debates with Gravel. So I had great respect for Gravel, Kucinich. And Ron Paul, I supported them all equally. I went to a lot of their events. I got a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with all three of those guys. And um, in the end, you know, I just I got pretty tight with Mike Gravel, and I ended up becoming one of his New Hampshire drivers. So I would drive him around the state to campaign events. I got to drive him to one of the last debates at Dartmouth that they let him into. So I got to be backstage in our trailer. And, uh, you know, at the end of the debate, Obama came out all cool. He already had a Secret Service detail, you know, because he's already a made man. Sure. And uh, I'm in Mike Gravel's car because Mike lived in Virginia at the time. He just drove his car up from Virginia and the campaign rented a house in Manchester, New Hampshire. So when I would drive Mike around, I was actually driving his car. So I had his car parked in the backstage area and Obama just casually walks up after the, after the debate with his flanked by Secret Service and saw me in the car and stuck his hand in the passenger side window to shake my hand in the driver's window. I'm like, God, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, just met Obama like that. So that's the kind of access you have here in New Hampshire. And that's one of the reasons I've stuck around here and why I chose to go to college here. And, um, it's, it's what's really allowed me to have the proximity to these campaigns and really network and get to know the people I know. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Me, me moving to Iowa is, is kind of yes. like that as well, too. Same now, thing. Now that I'm here, you know, it's it's a lot closer mm -hmm. to the big campaign stops for sure. There's no doubt about oh. that. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's crazy, man. And, and, and most recently you worked on with Tol was Tulsi uh, in 2020, correct? Yes. Yeah. And, and yep. how'd you get on that? Yeah, so um, after 2016, I voted for Gary Johnson and, you know, was obviously disappointed. Uh, wasn't a huge, well, obviously not a Hillary fan by any stretch. If you put a gun to my head, if it was Trump or Hillary, you know, give me Trump just because he's entertaining. Um, and, and it seemed at the time he had anti-war instincts with some of the stuff he said in those Republican debates. But I felt kind of politically homeless after 2016. And then um, Trump got elected. And when he was president-elect, this uh, obscure congresswoman from Hawaii, who was a Democrat, went to Trump Tower and met with Trump when he was president-elect. And I was like, wow, who, who, is this, who is this Tulsi Gabbard lady? And I was very, very intrigued that she would be willing to cross her party and cross everybody and go meet with the king, you know, at Trump Tower. And uh, also... Upon seeing that, I kind of remembered that she had also crossed the DNC in 16 when she was co-chair and endorsed, endorsed Bernie Sanders and campaigned rigor, rigorously for him and basically told the Clinton cartel to go screw themselves, which I really liked. So um, she met with Trump and then she met with Assad, which I thought was one of the most base things I've ever seen like a, a national politician have the guts to do 
Like if if the lead up to the Iraq war, a member of sitting member of Congress from either party had the guts to go to Iraq and sit down with Saddam Hussein and try and talk something out or try and avoid a war, I would give them all the props and credit in the world. So she kind of had those things going for her that I really admired and respect about her. So uh, the end of 2018, she had come to New Hampshire a couple times and I wasn't able to see her. And then finally, uh, near the end of 2018, she came up to New Hampshire for an event. And it's like, yeah, if you uh, could either be hanging out surfing in Hawaii during your break or, or running around you know, New Hampshire in the snow, coming up here when it's cold and you're choosing to be in New Hampshire, you're definitely thinking about running for president. So I went to her event and um, saw her speak and I was very, very impressed with what she said about foreign policy and about her experience as a soldier and why she was against uh, the Iraq war and, and all just the spending that we're doing, you know. So I knew she was interesting in a breath of fresh air. So I went to her event, and then afterwards, I hung out afterwards. I got a few minutes one-on-one with her, and I was pretty much decided then and there. I'm like, hey, look, Tulsi, if you decide to run for president, uh, I will do anything I can in my power to help your campaign and support you and get the word out about you. And uh, after that event, you know, she got in touch. We stayed in touch. And then, um, yeah, she announced, and it was fully on, man. Uh, My brother and I wrote a letter to the editor here in one of the big papers, and came out early and endorsed her and just laid out the reasons why. And for a full year, um, we were, you know, two of her biggest supporters and, and uh, did everything we could here in New Hampshire to bring attention to her campaign and her message. And it was awesome. It was really some of the most fun I've ever had working on a campaign. And uh, I met a lot of really cool and interesting people. Of course, Reed Coverdale. That's how I met Reed through Tulsi. Nice. So, um, yeah, it was it was great, man. It was it was great to be part of a movement that had a national profile, um, where she was saying the things she was saying on the debate stage, you know, calling out Kamala Harris's record, <laughs> calling out the Clintons. I mean, anyone who's going to go like will publicly go to war with the Clintons like that, you have my respect. Yeah, you got to be so, you got to be tough. You got to be pretty wild, man. Yes, you have to be tough and you have to be fearless and and pretty based. And, and, you know, in private conversations with her, I I just knew I could just tell, man, she's not afraid of the Clinton cartel. Sure. Sure. Knowing knowing how powerful they are and what and you saw everyone saw what they did to our campaign. Yeah. With the Russian asset bullshit. Of course. Of course. And that's what they do. They did the same thing to Ron Paul, man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Ron Paul. And we even had the the national chairman of the of the Libertarian Party calling Ron Paul uh, a Russian asset. What a piece of shit that guy is. An absolute Wait, who was that? Was that Sarwak? Yeah. So, <laughs> isn't he in New Hampshire? He's from New Hampshire, right? No. Well, so no, he's he's a. I think he's originally from Arizona. Uh, he he started with the Libertarian Party in Maryland, uh, which okay. is always kind of sus because. You but know. he he originally started at Langley with the CIA trains, right? Exactly, That's <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you know the NSA's up there, Langley. You know, it's it's there's some. There's some places you can come from there. There's some deep, there's some deep, deep state stuff, deep anal, deep anal probing, deep state kind of stuff, Josh, going on that we don't want any part of. Okay, exactly. I don't, that's what I don't know. Him. That's what I'm saying. He came from there, and then all of a sudden started getting involved with the Maryland party. Then moved to Colorado, sure. became the the chair of Colorado. Then moved to Arizona, became the chair of the National Party. It's like, yo, dude, you were sent from Maryland. We get it. We know. We know what's, what the fuck's going doing. on here. Absolutely. Yeah. So he he called Ron paul a russian yeah, asset what a piece of shit that guy is 
dude, that, that's that's so stupid. I don't know if people even understand how stupid that is. Yeah, it's bad enough it, it, to go after the Mises Institute the way he does, like the Tom Woods and, and Lou Rockwell and, and going after Eric dude, July and Dave Smith and all these people. But going after fucking Ron Paul, dude. you got to be a real fucking coward to go after Ron yeah, Paul. First of all, you don't you don't fuck with the Mises, but you definitely don't fuck with Dr. No. Yeah, it's, okay? it's like it's like this is this man has been in, around for how long and and working in in in, in uh, politics for how long and he's been on display full display in this country yeah. for how long and you're gonna call right. him a fucking russian asset go fuck yourself well exactly and not only that just like tulsi two veterans who wore the uniform served our country yep okay yep. willing to sacrifice put it all on the line and you're gonna call in the clintons oh the the, the the fucking nerve on the clintons man but that was one of the best parts about tulsi's campaign you know on top of being with this amazing based you know just just really unique figure in american politics to come around and i've met i've met them all yeah. Um, but someone who's willing to like just go to war with the Clintons like that and call them out and, and, and you know, calling her the rot of the Democratic Party. I mean, that, that was that was amazing. Suing her. You know, I mean, I knew the lawsuit wasn't going to go anywhere, but just just publicly doing it. Because, you know, during the 2016 tr- campaign, Trump's like, lock her up. We're going to lock her up. We're going after Hillary. You know, it's like when Hillary was like, it's just so good that someone like Donald Trump's not in charge of law enforcement in our country. He's like, yeah, because you'd be in jail. <laughs> that you was know? the funniest. That was probably the funniest part from any debate, dude. That, that shit had me gosh, rolling. Gosh, that was, that was everything when the king did that. Oh my but, God. like, the king was just all rhetoric and then when he got in there he didn't go after the clintons he didn't do shit against he didn't do him. shit he didn't do anything it, it, tulsi, he was gonna do tulsi actually sued that bitch so yeah. you got to give her some credit for that man yeah yeah um, trump was a trump was a huge disappointment to me i was talking about this last night on the show i had patriot jay on and and you know he's a big trump supporter conservative rapper and uh i uh i was talking about how i was living in southern washington at, 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 during the 2016 election right across the river from P- portland oregon and you know i couldn't gave two shits which one of them won i was working for gary johnson at the time and i hated you know i was like i was like either one of these people are sending us to world war three like i know what's happening you know what i mean in my opinion and uh right. and uh i'm watching the tv it was late at night if you remember when he got elected on the west coast at least and yeah, and, yeah. and uh he got elected and i and i before i go to bed i realize he gets elected and you could literally hear the collective screeching of portland echoing off the oh, Willamette river and the columbia river and it was just like great salt harvest dude and i was just like you know what this is kind of funny i hope he does the things he says he's gonna do <laughs> right and then and then it was just a huge disappointment and there was nothing to me for you know you know i think that trump did a few good things i'm, I'm never gonna i'm never gonna badmouth a president when he does something good like like joe biden pulling out of afghanistan that's a good fucking thing and i'm not gonna talk shit about him as bad as when he's saying his speech something inside of me this natural contrarian was like was like listen dude like i know they're pulling out for some fucked up reason now i got got me questioning it but no i gotta go i gotta go you know what joe good job dude fucking job well done but uh when trump the biggest cowardly thing that trump did was when he walked out of office and didn't even talk about pardoning snowden assange and uh and uh ross ulbricht that that killed me that killed me dude. dude They, whoever it was working with Trump and his psyoping and trying to sheepdog some liberty people who were concerned about privacy and whistleblowing, they did a fantastic job with that hopium, dude. Because oh, yeah. I, I bought it, I bought into some of it, man. I'm like, no, the king. Last minute, the king is going to do a big fuck you to all of them if he's really against the deep state, against the intelligence agencies and the NSA and Brennan and Clapper and all those cocksuckers. He'll at least help Assange. He'll at least give throw Snowden a bone. Or Ulbricht, so, you know, if he if he if he has some love for liberty, 
Right. You know what I mean? But he didn't do any of it. Yeah, and we were, and we were all, we were all disappointed about it. He didn't do anything with the Kennedy files. Nope. He didn't do anything relating to Saudi Arabia and nine 11, because of course he didn't. He signed the biggest goddamn arms deal with Saudi Arabia that we've ever seen. Yep. You know, like in the debates, he's like, you're going to find that uh, Saudi Arabia was involved even more big league in nine 11 than people even realize. <laughs> okay. So like when, when he was saying shit like that, I'm like, God, this guy's a fucking, this guy's a, a wild card, man. He's saying, he's saying some pretty cool shit. I'm liking it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was an anti-establishment feeling. You know what I mean? Yes, it was. It was incredible. And, and Trump is the greatest salesman. Uh, you know, he he could he could fucking sell water to Kevin Costner in Waterworld. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's, dude, dude. He's he is. A great, my dad was a car salesman. He sold furniture. You know, my dad was a salesman. I know a salesman when I see him. Yeah. Um, but you know, my dad wasn't a shyster like sure. Trump is. Sure. But um. God, yeah, he, he just the 2016 primary was 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 incredible. And after and I, I won't lie, man, after Rand uh, flamed out in Iowa and then didn't even make it to New Hampshire. So, yeah, I was I was here in New Hampshire helping Rand's efforts. I was making phone calls. My brother and I endorsed him. We wrote a letter to the editor. We were, we were telling everybody about Rand Paul. But after he flamed out, I'm like, shit, what do I do now in the New Hampshire primary? I'm not going to vote for John Kasich. I'm not going to vote for Marco Rubio. I'm not going to vote for Chris Christie. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Just to keep this crazy train going, I'm fucking. I'm voting for Trump. Yeah. I'm going to fucking. I'm going to vote for Trump in the New Hampshire primary. And um, I did. Uh, whose show is it? Uh, the One American podcast. There. Oh, Chase Geyser. Chase, great. Chase. Chase is awesome. Yeah, I like Chase. And, and Chase, Chase's podcast is the first time I've publicly acknowledged and admitted that I voted for Trump in the 2016 primary. And your show is the second. So nice, nice. Josh, I, Josh, you should feel this is very historic stuff. <laughs> uh, we Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over we got we got a we got a pretty cool super chat from our friend reed uh coverdale over at the naturalist capitalist he said we need wool uh thank you for having eric on now that you've had three of the horsemen on we'll have to have you on as the fourth horseman josh I, I'm ready. Oh. I'm ready, man. Oh, 100%. We would love to have you on the The Four Horsemen is a based institution that happens but once a month. Yeah. And I, I would argue it's, it's one of the most hotly anticipated, uh, you know, talked about amazing things that ever that could ever happen once a month <laughs> and josh, josh i think you'd be a great fit as a fourth horse but i think you'd be amazing well i appreciate it man i i uh i i've had yeah i've had uh through all three of the of the the normal uh constant four horsemen on the show now and and yes. uh in fact my the when i had ryan dawson on the last time it was a four four person show it was my first multiple person show that's why i had to switch over to uh using Streamyard, which i'm glad the video is much better on Streamyard. everything looks a lot better and i got more control um but uh it was a good show man but it was a conspiracy show it was fun 
yeah, I haven't got, I haven't watched that yet. But yeah, what do you call it? Conspiracy couch. Conspiracy couch, because you know the couch. I, I like the that. Couch. I got the well, couch. So. Yeah, and, and you know that that's a loaded term, man. The fucking CIA made up conspiracy theorists. They made that term up to discredit people that wanted to talk truthfully about the Kennedy assassination or question what happened to Kennedy. Right. And um, they just paint you with that. But it, it's lost. It, it's like it's like calling people anti-Semitic. It's lost its power. It's lost its luster. It doesn't stick anymore, man. Because the people who are conspiracy theorists, they've actually ended up like being right about everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How, how many times has Alex Jones got to be right before oh, we, before dude, we just you know, realize that? You, Josh, <laughs> I, I ate some chili that uh, gave me some magical powers. It gave me some magical gas. It was, uh, it was amazing stuff. And I'm doing this. I'm doing this 16, 17, 18, 29 hours a day, Josh. You understand you do your show. You got your kids. I got my kids. I'm trying to feed my family. I'm trying to fight the new world order. I'm trying to preach liberty. I'm talking about things that the deep state doesn't want you to hear. You go to InfoWars right now, type in promo code, break the cycle. You get 30% off anti-New World Order dick pills. So keep your heart when you're fighting the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. InfoWars.com. <laughs> Man, you're so good. You, you need to, you got to do a Tulsi. You got to do a Tulsi impersonation. That's the hard one. Oh, yeah. Well, my Tulsi impression is uh, when she goes on Tucker Carlson. So Tucker's like, we're joined by Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. She's a maverick. She bucks the political parties at war with the Clintons. Tulsi Gabbard, thank you for joining us. And Tulsi's like, aloha, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, dude. Every time, man. Tuck, and Tucker's one aloha, of those Tucker. people, man. He, he like, you know, it's like, God, Tucker's so bad on some things, but when he's good on things, he's really fucking oh, good on things. Yeah, he, he's cute, too. His hair is thick. He's tiger beat cute. <laughs> you know, he's, like, he's like a model, you know, and he looks to the case just like, his faces, his faces were the best part about watching like he, Tucker. He's, he's never heard what the person's saying like ever before. He's just like, <laughs> Josh, that is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the guy uh, accost him at the bait shop though? I, I I heard about it, but I didn't watch that. Like, what was that all about? Uh, it was I don't know, man. It was some guy walking up to him, and he, he was whispering. He was like some big guy. Everybody thinks he was like a sent there from the feds. It's, but he's like got right in Tucker's plant. face, and he's like he's like you're the worst person in the entire world. And Tucker's like, oh, okay, buddy, okay, okay. Yeah. And he, he pats the guy on the chest and tries to walk around him. And the guy kind of follows him. And he's like, oh, really? all right. And he called and Tucker called the guy son. Oh, he's like, Jesus. all right, son. All right, okay, buddy. It was it was such a like an alpha move, dude. It was hilarious the way he put his hand on his chest. I was like, okay, son. <laughs> so so he 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 was a fed plant. What do you think? Sarwak sent him? Oh, I don't know, dude. I don't know who said. It, it was just like that was the talk online was that he was a fed some kind of fed it, sent there. It, it, it very well could have been that the dude randomly ran into Tucker Carlson at a store and he was just like, you know what? I'm gonna go fuck with him. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it's Tucker Carlson. I'm sure it happens more than more than not. To be honest with you, yeah, no, you you gotta love Tucker, man. He's fun. I mean, all, all of it, all legacy media, Mockingbird Media, is just entertainment, man. And sometimes they they say some good stuff and some good things come through. But I gotta believe Tucker Carlson's father was like old school CIA. Something, dude, for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he was like Mockingbird Media CIA uh, type dude. Yeah, it's just um, it's just it's crazy to me that he's the one that will like actively stand up against the military industrial complex like on well, TV. I, I've I've said this to Reed a number of times. It's fucking insane to me that it very well could have been Rand Paul on the golf course with the king and Tucker Carlson on his show speaking directly to the king that thwarted war with Iran. Yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. I, 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 I mean, you know, with, with Trump, it's, he has the gold gold memory, the uh, attention span of a goldfish. You know, it's just like, 
look, I was just talking to a really smart guy. You know, it's the guy who brought him his sandwich at lunch. And he was telling me, look, we shouldn't attack Iran. They had nothing to do with 9-11, okay? And they're not really that bad. So don't listen to Benjamin Netanyahu and the neocons. Don't attack them. So I decided, look, this cheeseburger he brought me was so good. He must be right about foreign policy, okay? <laughs> so we're not, we're not going to attack Iran. <laughs> And you know, the world, the Matrix is so fucked up, Josh, that could be what happened. And you never know, man. Or it could have been one of the Taco Bowls at Trump Towers, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The picture with the Taco Bowl, he's like... Dude, it was one of my favorite. I, lo- I, I love I love the Mexicans. Try the Taco Bowl at Trump Tower, okay? And also, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner ate one of the Taco Bowls, and she had to use the bathroom. I said, Caitlyn, come here. You can use the bathroom anytime, okay? <laughs> I don't care which bathroom you use. You can use the girly one or the man one. Go in there and use the bathroom. I don't have a problem. <laughs> You know, it's fucking it's hilarious, just, dude. It's, it's just all incredible. I'm here for all of it, man. We just we live in a peak clown world matrix simulation, and at the end of the day, the only thing that makes sense is liberty. The only thing that makes sense is to promote letting people do what they're going to do as long as they're not hurting or fucking with other people. Right. And that's that's like our bottom line, man. Yeah, I agree, man. And you know, I had uh, I had Jack Hunter on the other night, who's mm. you know, I'm sure you know who Jack Hunter is, and and he uh, he he's a big wrestling fan, and you know, he's he's talking about how you know politics is wrestling. I mean, it's really wrestling. It's the same. It thing. is. It is. And, and our good our good friend Jesse Ventura will tell you the same thing, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're out there in front of the cameras. <laughs> saying they hate each other and they're fighting over this and they're filibustering that and they're doing this. And then when the, excuse me, Josh, when the cameras are off, they're in the cloakroom blowing each other, eating steaks, saying, boy, we fooled them. We fooled, we fooled them, didn't we? We fooled, it's all wrestling. They're gangs. Democrips, we're bloodlickens. They're gangs. And, and the, the body, just like what Jack Hunter said, man, the body was, is right on about that. Politics is wrestling yeah. in our country. And a lot of people are getting hip to it and understanding that's what it is. And uh, they don't care about us. They don't care about you. Like George Carlin says, they don't care about you. They don't give a fuck about you. It's a big, it's club, a big club and you ain't in it. Jack, you ain't in it. Yeah, you yeah. ain't you ain't in it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, it's it's so it is really really funny, man. Uh, we had another uh, another uh, super chat. We can we can talk a little bit about this. Not like not like YouTube channel ending talk about it, but we can talk a little bit about it. Maxim uh, Perkunkov uh, said uh, sent a two dollar super chat, man. Thanks. He said talk nine eleven nine eleven with Jack when he's super red pilled. Yeah, man. What's your what's your thoughts on nine eleven, dude? I've had we've had that talk on the show a few times, but sure, sure. Well, we're coming up on twenty years, man. Yep. Very close. That shit happened 20 years ago. I was a freshman in high school, and that May I had been in New York City on American Heritage Tour um, through the YMCA, and I saw the World Trade Center. It's the last time I ever saw them. And I just remember thinking, God, those buildings are, like, magnificent. They're, my point of comparison was Boston because the tallest buildings in Boston are the Hancock and the Prudential. They're 50 stories. So these buildings were 110 stories. Imagine stacking the Hancock on itself and then adding another 10 stories. So when I heard on, on 9-11, my principal comes on the intercom and says, uh, the, the World Trade Center, both World Trade Centers have been hit by airliners and they're just, they're gone. They've been completely destroyed and another plane has hit the Pentagon. It, the scale of it, man, was just hard to fathom. So I knew it was, I knew it was a seismic event and it was something that was going to forever change not only our world and way of life, but uh, just everything. But uh, when you look at what they did, how they used 9-11, and they brought in the Patriot Act and Homeland Security, 
and uh, there was little to no resistance. Of course, Dr. No was one of our only guys speaking out against it. Cynthia McKinney, who's very based. I've had Cynthia McKinney on my show. I don't know nice. if you know much about her. Do, yeah, absolutely. Oh, she's, she's a base queen. <laughs> but um, yeah, 9-11, man, I mean, the bo- my bottom line about 9-11 is that they knew that there was something coming. They knew they knew that they were going to attack us. And there's absolute proof that these guys were led into our country. Um, there, there's, there's so many different strains of, of what happened on 9-11 for the attack to happen and to be pulled off. And I just tell people that it could not have happened without complicity of some people within the United States, whether they were in government or outside of government in some, in a corporate setting plugged in through that world, you know, certainly the insider trading with the put options with the airlines shows you that a lot of people knew something big was happening involving these airlines. Yeah, I think a lot of people and, don't. A lot of people still don't understand that. And uh, I think with the with the the big short squeezes that happened with GameStop, a lot of people woke up to understanding what's what stocks mm-hmm. are and how stocks work. So my first my first thing was like, hey. Go Google what stocks were hugely shorted right before 9-11. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Go and Google yeah. which ones they were. That's right. That's right. That is that is people betting that these specific airlines are going to take a huge tumble this week. And boy, did they. So, oh, God, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I point people towards the put options with the airlines, and then I point people towards the war games that were happening with simulated hijackings going on the day of of commercial airliners mid-flight being hijacked and then flown into big targets. So I don't know what the odds are of those war games happening the same day that those hijackings occurred and that those planes were flown into those buildings. That's not a coincidence. So you have that angle, and then you have the funding angle of the Saudis who were here by elements of the Saudi royal family and the Saudi government through a guy named Prince Bandar, who was George W. Bush's ambassador to Saudi Arabia, and his wife, a woman named Princess Haifa, who funneled money to two of the hijackers out in California. And those two guys, Khalid Al-Midar and Nawaf Al-Hazmi, lived with an FBI informant. So they, they knew these guys were here, man. I mean, Jesus Christ, you could have looked those guys up in the phone book. Their names were in the phone book. So they knew they knew they were here. They were allowed to come here. You have the, the, the Florida angle with all the, those guys training at Huffman Aviation down in Florida, um, which was clearly part of another operation with drug smuggling and something intelligence related. And then you have, um, you know, this is where you really run into hot water. I don't know how much we can talk about it right now with your channel, but the, the Israeli angle oh, to of course, it, yeah. Yeah. which Ryan... Ryan Dawson is, uh, is, has done some of the most amazing research on it, digging up Freedom of Information Act, FBI files. Um, and you have the young Israeli men who were employees of Urban Moving Systems, a um, uh, dummy front, Mossad front moving company based out of New Jersey, who were in place, set up, filming the World Trade Center before the first strike at 8.46 in the morning. So how do those guys know to be there? How do they know to be there filming and set up that yeah, something the, was the, going to go? The filming has always thrown me off, and I, I always wonder why more people didn't talk about the fact that like, there was already people filming this, these buildings before they were hit, like from the street. Right, right. So Right, exactly. So these guys were in place, and a woman saw them and called the authorities. She gave them their license plate, 
and the New Jersey State Police issued a bolo, be on the lookout for this van. It was a big moving van with urban moving systems on it. And she saw these young men filming, uh, flicking lighters, cheering and celebrating when the planes hit the towers. So that, that raised her suspicion as it would raise any person's suspicion. Of course, yeah. And the New, the New Jersey State Police tracked the van down afterwards and pulled them over and arrested them. And they said, oh, we're not your problem. The Palestinians are your problem. You know, we're Israelis. We deal with terrorism on a daily basis. So you just add all that up, man. You add all that up. And, and, and you add up the lies and the manipulation and, and the obfuscating and the cover-up of everything that went on. And that's not even getting into fucking no controlled demolition and bombs. And you don't even need to talk about it. You don't even need to go there with that kind of stuff. Right, right. There's already so much, man, that is, that is proven, that is out there that we need to talk about more and not be afraid to talk about. Well, and it's, it's, um, it's, you know, people are always talking about the, the, the still beams and the jet fuel and stuff like that. Yeah. And it just makes us sound crazy because there's so much mm-hmm. other stuff that's already been proven that you can just point to and be there's like, hello, no way. hello. There's way more to solid stuff, Josh, than talking about a building being a controlled demolition or, or detonated or bombs in the buildings. I, I just, I don't go there with that. You don't need to go there. Um, yeah. Building seven's fishy. Um, there's a great documentary about building seven, uh, called seven that Dylan Avery created where university of Alaska Fairbanks, a guy who knows way more about buildings and engineering and architecture. They did a whole study out there for years and they basically disproved NIST's conclusion, the national Institute of standard and technologies who said fire brought down building seven. So you can go down that path if you want to and look at it, if you're interested in that. But I just think the stuff that Ryan Dawson has talked about, the, the, the stuff with Florida, with the hijackers, the Saudi connections, what the family members themselves have said and have long fought for, that's the stuff we should focus on. And if you want to red pill somebody on it or kind of bring them in without unleashing a fire hose and scaring them away. Right. I think that's a really good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, man. It's, it's so hard because, you know, so many people just like to throw around that term conspiracy theorist. Uh, sure. You know, so many platforms like to throw us off uh, for, mm-hmm. for even mentioning stuff like that. And it's, it's like, uh, you know, there's things that are proven that you can talk about that they can't, they can't disprove <laughs> and they can't call you a conspiracy yeah. theorist for talking about it. So it's, it's important, man. And I think, uh, you know, Dawson's got a couple of good documentaries himself that he's put together. If you want to check them out. Um, yeah. The, um, um, they're called uh he'll hate me he'll hate me if i don't remember the name of them yeah i've watched them both uh war by deception yep that's one of them and there's, the, there's the one of them the other one's like five hours yeah oh they're long yeah. there's so much information in them but if we could somehow get that repackaged and put out there but uh all the information's out there man if yeah. people are just will not be lazy and not be afraid to go there and look at it you'll realize that 9-11 was really a hand in glove operation that was allowed to happen and there were hijackers. Saudi Arabia was involved. There's a Pakistani angle with some of the funding. Uh, the Pakistani ISI chief at the time, a guy named Mahmoud Ahmed, threw an intermediary wire transferred $100,000 to Mohammed Atta, the lead hijacker, uh, for part of the funding for the operation. That's 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 a string you can pull on it, and uh, it's all there, man. If you want to look at it and, and get past the bluster and the bullshit, so yeah, I recommend people look at all of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Empire Unmasked is the other. The other Empire, yeah. Empire Unmasked. Yes. Uh, thank you for that, Reed. <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, so okay, so okay, let's move on past nine eleven. We, we've 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 opened that up. Thank you for this the super chat. And you guys know if you drop super chats on any show, I'm typically going to ask them of our guests almost all the time. So I appreciate you guys supporting the show that way. It makes it it really helps us a lot. Um, Let's talk about Afghanistan, okay? Biden pulled us out of Afghanistan. Trump started the deal there, okay? What do you think Trump is saying about the pullout of Afghanistan right now? Well, it's like a Bill Clinton pullout. Very messy and very disgusting, okay? (laughs) No, I... Jesus, yeah, Trump is... uh, Well, you look, we got to give Trump some credit, man, because he initiated this process. He he engaged with the Taliban. You know, Pompeo's a ghoul. I'm no Pompeo fan. But he sent Pompeo over there um, to meet with these guys and, and start some kind of structure of a deal, some some put some kind of plan in place to just get the America, get the United States the fuck out of Afghanistan and shut this thing down once and for all. Um, yeah, it's messy. I, I'm, and like you said, Josh, earlier, like, yeah, dude, I'm no Biden fan, but I'm giving Joe Biden. Pro- this is like the best thing I've ever heard the guy say in in what over half a century he's been in public office and he's 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 been in washington and a power player eight years as vice president 40 plus years in the senate now president like i watched that speech man and and i was i was like yeah biden good for you dude for sticking to your guns and not backing down from this and and getting us the hell out of there but yeah trump is uh you know i think trump the narcissist that he is and and the little bit of attention and energy and effort he gave to this he wants credit for it you know, and I don't blame him for that because he, he did, to Trump's credit, he did want to get us out of Afghanistan. He he didn't launch a full regime change and ground war in Syria. So, you know, the dude, some of his inclinations are, are anti-war. You got to give him some credit there. You know, he met with Rocket Man, which I loved. I gave him all kinds of credit when he met with Rocket Man. I think that's one of the one of the, the one of the just high points of his presidency, the fact that they did that. And Dennis Rodman was like there crying. I mean, that, that this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. But I think, you know, Trump's probably like, look, you know, Joe, zombie Joe, it's, it's just, it's a terrible pullout. It's a messy pullout. I think it's a disaster. And I could have done so much better if I was given the chance. Okay. And the election was stolen and it was rigged and everybody knows it. You know it, Josh. I know it. Rocket man knows it. Putin knows it. And Steven Seagal knows it. <laughs> Believe me, but yeah, man, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them both credit for it, Josh. Oh. I will give Trump credit, and I will give Zombie Joe credit because we got out. We're out of there. It's ugly. It's messy, but uh, it was time to leave, man. Twenty years is a long time to be in a country Far like too that. Long. Far too long doing that in the graveyard of empire. Yep, absolutely, man. So, uh, you know, we're, we're getting towards the end of the, the, the live stream. For you guys that don't know, we always do a members-only stream, live stream after this for about between 15 to 30 minutes usually. Uh, and there's already like 30 of them on there. So if you join the channel membership, you get to watch those live. If you join the Patreon or the Subscribe Star, you will get to uh, see those uploaded, uploaded the next day typically um, and get other swag in the Discord server and all that stuff. But tell me about your show, man. Jackman Radio. What's that? What's that about? What are you doing with it? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Jackman radio is a podcast. I do with my twin brother, Mike, who's uh, his impressions are really good too. Uh, you'll have to have Mike on sometime. He does the best Joe Biden. Oh, nice. He, he, uh, he unleashes Biden. It's kind of like this. He's kind of like, Hey man, 
Come on, man. Hunter, Hunter, God damn it, Josh. Hunter's the smartest man I know. He's so smart. I'm so goddamn proud of him. He's been sober for 22 minutes. Okay? Hunter's a good guy. That laptop was Russian disinfo. That wasn't real. Okay? And you know what I did, Josh? I went over there and I talked to that Taliban guy with his big beard. And you know what I did? I got down on my knees and I smelled his beard. Okay? <laughs> I smelled his beard, and I said, you're using Bantine Pro-V in that beard, and I want to negotiate with you, and we can have peace. And she cares, she cares, she cares, she cares. <laughs> um, yeah, Jackman Radio, man, we, uh, we, we've had this podcast going since 2015, and it's just a mix of pop culture, comedy, impressions. We've had on some pretty big people on the show. Um, we've interviewed some really cool people. Obviously, we had Tulsi on. We had Reed's uh, girlfriend, Marion Williamson, on the show. I don't know. I don't know, Josh, if you've seen any of the sparks that are flying on, uh, tw- on Twitter between Reed and Marion Williamson. You want to know how much of a grifter I am? They, when how her, much of a grifter are you? When Justin O'Donnell and, uh, and Reed were going back and forth with her, she dropped her email. And so I immediately emailed her to try and get her on break cycle. <laughs> oh, I love that fucking hustle. God, I love your hustle, Josh. Yeah. Dude, that's a Jackman move, man. Yeah. You got you, you, you to get it where you, you can. If you can shake loose like a personal email or like an email that could lead to a booking, would you fucking you jump on that shit like Michael Jackson on a fucking twelve year old? Exactly. Okay? Exactly. I got I got uh, on the thirtieth. I got Brandy Love coming on the show, and I and I got hooked up. Actually, uh, Chase Geyser is the one that helped me get that. So I have one of the uh, number one porn stars in the uh, milf porn stars in the world on the show oh, to talk. Oh, about. you're having Brandy uh, Love. Yeah. Brand- yeah. Is it- yeah. Oh, dude, I've I've wanked to her porn. I can't even tell you how many times. She's 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 a legend, man. She's fucking awesome. Yeah, she's yeah, coming on like, the show. Chase Chase had um he had um uh fuck Anthony Schaefer. He had Anthony Schaefer on, who's like a badass former DIA guy. And then he has Brandy Love on. And then he has me on. I just felt honored, man, to be part of that threesome. Yeah, you know? that's a big threesome, bro. Um, yeah, yeah. Read, read. Get, get Marion Williamson on the Crystal Lady. Uh, we've had Marion Williamson on. We've just, you know, we've leveraged our proximity here in the primary and our ability to connect with campaigns and stuff. So we've had on some really pretty cool guests. And Jackman Radio, man, we just like to give it to people straight. And uh, we, my brother and I, consume a lot of books. A lot of media, obviously a lot of food. <laughs> I love I love food, Josh. I love carbs. But I will tell you, I have been working out with a personal trainer now for over a month, and I'm doing very well. I do I do actually have a personal trainer. Nice. Shout out to you, Megan. Yeah, she's been Congrats, great. Dude. I'm get yeah I'm getting I'm getting my health in order. I've, I've, I'm about I'm down about forty pounds, and uh, I went I went three months without drinking beer. You know, I like my beer. Yeah. But, um, my well, my uh, my fiance texted me today. I went to get my hair cut. Obviously, I don't know if anybody noticed, but I didn't see you drop it in the chat that you noticed my nice haircut. Uh, no, You're but always I, fresh. Yeah, but I uh, my my fiance texted me while I was out today. Get my hair cut stuff. She's like, "Can we just uh, can we, you know, maybe do one walk a day on your days off?" And I'm like, "Okay, okay, I'll start walking because you know I'm a smoker. I'm I'm pushing forty. I'm a little fat." I, I don't eat good. I, I don't do a lot of exercising anymore. I used to, I used to, you know, I, I trained MMA for 10 years. I wrestled for 14 years. I played, I played semi-pro football up until like four years ago in my, in my thirties, you know? So, um, it's, oh, wow. she's okay. probably, she's probably, she, she's right. I think I need to start doing something and, you know, maybe quit the smoking and what, all what's, that stuff. what's your wife's name? 
Uh, uh, fiance is named Julia. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Fiance. Julia, you are a smart woman. You're a genius. You're married to a very, very handsome guy, okay? And you better be careful. I might send someone to come pick up your fiance. He's an incredible guy. But Julia, I, Julia is a great song by the Beatles. That was John Lennon. John Lennon wrote that about his mother. It's a very beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you know it. I got to I got to um, break the cycle. You're right, Joshua Bond. Yeah, I got to break the cycle, man. I, <laughs> I'm, I I used to be in really good health and really good shape and you know, I'm I'm, I'm lucky to be tall. So like my how fat, tall are you? I'm six two, almost six three. Oh yeah, your house. Yeah, you're not a man lit. Yeah, no, I'm a big. I'm like I'm like almost. I'm like six two and a half, and I'm, okay. and I'm like and I'm like two forty, two forty five. So I'm not okay, like yeah. you know, hey, man. I'm fluffy, dude. You could, dude, you could fucking throw down for liberty if yeah. you had to. I, okay? I would, I would. If, if a group of neocons and a bunch of fucking MSN watching neolib Rachel Maddow munching assholes came at you at a bar, <laughs> you could fuck shit up, man. <laughs> You could be like, come at these Mises guns, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. No, um, and, and I will, yeah. you know, it's it's funny because a lot of these men let's talk shit to me online and then you meet well, them, well, they meet me in a, person. That's a, that's a phenomenon that's new to me, Josh, the, the, the notion of a manlet. Um, you know, because Reed, Reed's like almost six, he's like six feet tall yeah, and everyone's like obsessed. People are obsessed with height mm. and like what you are in real life based on what we see here on this, the screen. So I'm fascinated by it. And, and Tom Woods didn't disappoint. He's the cute, he's cute. He's, 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 what he's is he, like small. five? Yeah. Yeah. He's, the, the, someone made a meme of him in Reed's pocket when the picture of them together. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I did. That's fucking Dude, that, was, that was, that was everything. That's so funny. But, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know who's shorter him or toad from the, uh, from, from the, Oh, I, I met toad too. Yeah. He's, he's adorable too. Yeah, with the tower gang there yeah. toad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to be an amazing shit. I grew up playing hockey. My dad was from Canada. So, you know, it would have been illegal for, at least one of his sons did not play hockey. So I, yeah. I played hockey and in my prime, man, I was fucking, you know, I was in really good shape and obviously I fell out of shape. And so I'm just, I'm just trying to just get my weight down and eat better. Um, and, uh, start skating you know, again, man. That'll, that'll shed it right off. Yes. They're, they're, yes, <laughs> dude. That's part of my plan, man. I've been working out now over a month and I, I go twice a week now. I my personal trainer at her gym and, um, skating. I love to skate great cardio, but, uh, you know, it's one of the things, and I mentioned this on our recent Four Horsemen, um, that YouTube personalities or podcasters or people who are publicly out there with their face and their image, you know, we are people, we, we have feelings, we have emotions, and of course, like anything I ever put out, there's always some troll. Look at that fat fuck. You know, look at look at look at that fat asshole. Jackman Jackman's fucking fat, you know, he's a he's a pig, you know, all this stuff. So um to all those motherfuckers. I'm doing something about it. Yeah, well, that's good. And <laughs> and when you do, it's gonna feel so much better too. Because like when you when you lose the weight, you're gonna be you're gonna be able to like give them the middle finger, and be like, now what? Now what are you gonna say, bitch? What what imperfection now? If yeah. I can, does uh, my hair not look good? Uh, you know, what are we talking yeah, about don't, here? It doesn't but matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're no, funny. It, you're awesome. You. It, it doesn't really bother me. But yeah, Jackman Radio, man. I'm I'm on all the platforms. I have, I've, I'm uh, cocked on Facebook right now because of a Hillary meme I shared two years ago. <laughs> Facebook Facebook changed their algorithms. You can't make fun of suicide anymore. I shared a meme that says Hillary Clinton has sent you a suicide request, Jesus. and uh, they cucked me for that. But yeah, we're on Spotify, Podbean, Apple iTunes and uh yeah we just like to let it rip man we just we we can't take this whole thing so seriously you're gonna laugh more and that's the point of Jackman Radio to think critically 
and laugh more. Good, good, man. Well, hey, I'm a big fan. I really appreciate what you're doing. Uh, I definitely hope you'll stick around for a couple minutes so we can do the members-only stream. One more time, as you sign out, give us the Alex Jones. All right, look, folks. If we elect Hillary Clinton, we're looking at a thousand years of darkness, folks. Look, I have documents. I got footage. I got tapes. I got everything you name it, folks. She's at Planned Parenthood, okay? The home of Bill Gates and Margaret Sanger and eugenicists. They're down there slicing babies. They're having baby smoothies. They're down there worshiping me, Satan. They're doing all kinds of evil things with John Podesta. They're spirit cooking. I got the documents, folks. Infowars.com. <laughs> Eric, thank you so much, man. Just hang out for a couple minutes while I close the stream out. It's an honor, Josh. Thanks for having me on, brother. Absolutely. All right, guys, another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Eric is hilarious. Go follow this man, Jackman Radio on Twitter. Check out his show. Watch him on on Reed's show. I'll probably have him back on again. He's amazing. His uh, his Alex Jones is made even be better than his Trump. It is really good. Very, very good. I wish I could do – I can't do impersonations at all, uh, at, at all. I've always tried my whole life because I always thought people who could impersonate other people were pretty funny, and I just – Never was able to do it, but, uh, you know, that's how life works. Hey, if you guys want to come and check out the After Hours stream, I talk about it on every show. You know what you have to do. You hit join under any of these videos. You can join the YouTube channel. It's like $5.99 a month. You get the uh, custom emojis that you see in the chats, the ones that are, like, hand-drawn by Top Lobster. You get the custom badges that you see in the chats, that cool B. It changes colors every month, depending on how long you've been a member of the YouTube channel. Or you can join the Patreon and subscribe star at backslash break the cycle JS, uh, where you get some other swag. All three of them will get you into the Discord server, uh, where you get the Top Lobster discounts at, like, 30%. It's all great stuff, man. You're supporting a good show and my 70,000 kids. Uh, so check that out. Become a member if you can. Uh, it's it's good. I promise you, you'll get some good stuff. The uh, after-hour shows are always pretty pretty brutal. We let our hair down and, and let, let the fist fly. It's always a good time. Uh, coming up on the show tomorrow, uh, we have... Shane Hazel returning to the show from the Radical Podcast. It's going to be an interesting show. I know he's been dealing with a lot in the uh, movement lately, so we'll definitely talk about that, talk about his gubernatorial run in Georgia where he is lighting things on fire and his new stance on not paying taxes anymore. And of course, on Friday, we're going to have Jared from Hoppian.org on to trigger all the Lulberts. It's going to be rad. Definitely be there on Friday to check it out. Guys, check out our sponsors, TopLobster.com, uh, for all your uh, wonderful graphic design needs where you get this fuck around and find out hoodie that I'm wearing tonight. Uh, you can also get a 10% discount by using BTC at checkout. Uh, or you can join the Patreon subscribe star or the channel membership YouTube and get a 30% discount for all new gear. And of course, executive producer of the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, uh, home or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has, has sucked at historically much cheaper and much more efficiently. Guys, if you're still here checking out the show, please hit that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up, help the algorithm out. I will see you tomorrow night for the show with Shane Hazel from the Radical Podcast. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. Due to legal reasons, I just have to explain. The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the person who framed. But I just landed in Minecraft. The helicopter part was in reference to. GTA 5 and the things you do So any violence you commit I am not an excuse Because I just landed in Minecraft Whoa.
Not me. 